You didn't know? Yo, yo, yo ass better call somebody! Twitter and Instagram at VDOT underscore V underscore DJ. DJ VDOT757 on Snapchat. Uh, Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on wherever the podcast on your device is available, whether that is uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. Spotify, Pocket Cast, Radio Cast, search VDOT and Friends. Give me a good subscribe. Uh, leave me a review. Let me know how I'm doing. Also, download the Anchor app at Google Play or at the App Store. So you can be part of this uh, here podcast with me. Leave messages. Tell me how you feel about wrestling. Tell me how you feel about life. Let me know what's going on. What do you plan on getting your kids for Christmas? What are they asking for? Mine, uh, my 13-year-old, he's pretty much just asking solely for gift cards, uh, Xbox gift cards, I guess, so he can get all the virtual currency he can use in Fortnite so his uh, player can wear an NFL jersey and uh, hit the shoot dance or the, or the floss the whole time. But that's him. That's what he wants to do. We'll hold him down. Brianna's looking for frozen everything or pretty much everything um i got an idea so far of the route i'm gonna go with that though for her just uh had my birthday here monday um and i consider myself washed now um the only thing i really wanted to do was go to a steakhouse get me a 20 ounce steak um a bone-in ribeye to be exact eat that steak Come home and kick it with my lady. That's exactly what we did. We sat back. Went to Texas uh, Roadhouse. They messed up my friend's whole order, so they got theirs for free. Got 10% off because I'm a veteran. Um, It was Veterans Day also. Shout out to my Marine Corps brethren. 10th Marine, 1st Battalion. Or 1st Battery, I'm sorry. Um, This week, we're going to do SummerSlam 1997. As I've said in previous podcasts, I was a WCW loyalist for pretty much the first eight years of me um, watching wrestling. So I kind of missed out on some of those real pivotal moments, or not really the pivotal moments of 97, but I've never watched the whole pay-per-view through. So uh, this was my first time actually sitting back and watching all of SummerSlam 1997. And I gotta say, it definitely was a great show. 
looking back in hindsight, I mean, the NWO was on fire, and we were all waiting to see if Sting was going to take over or be the uh, the next opponent for Hulk Hogan, which that eventually happened in Starcade. But WWE was putting out great TV early 97 on to 98 and so forth and so on and so on. So they ended up getting rid of a WCW altogether in 2001. So this was definitely my, uh, pretty much my first reaction to everything I saw. Before we get to that though, uh, let's talk a little current wrestling. Let's address the elephant of the room. Monday Night Raw, towards the end of the uh, episode. It was the main event with Sasha Banks and Bailey uh, to see if they were going to be the last member of the Raw Women's Team for a Survivor Series. Come to find out that this was a swerve all along. And Alexa Bliss already had picked her fifth combatant. So as they were all raising their hands, uh, they cut backstage. And Becky Lynch has Ronda Rousey into this armor. Becky Lynch is the most on-fire performer in WWE at the moment, so the crowd was going wild. Becky comes out to the ring and says, forget it, I'm coming after all the Raw girls. And then here comes SmackDown, all the rest of the SmackDown uh, women's wrestlers. They jump in the ring, and then we get a nice little melee. Well, during this melee, uh, Becky and Naomi was uh, putting a number on Nia Jax. And Nia Jax pretty much punched Becky square in the cheek, uh, broke her nose, and gave her a concussion. Shout out to Becky Lynch, though, for getting right up and continuing to do what she was supposed to do. Because after that, with the bloody face, Ronda came out attempted to come out for the save just to get beat down with a chair and raw went off there with the smackdown women and most importantly becky lynch standing tall uh we're unaware that she had a a broken or what wwe's calling it a broken face um and a concussion until the next morning because just watching it live and just seeing what was going on he's like man this this is great i i'm so in for this uh straight fire run that we're getting in getting into and uh I'm looking forward to the match on Sunday. So on SmackDown they showed the uh the incident again and then you can start to I actually sit there and watch it and, and analyze it a little bit. Becky was on out cold on her feet for at least five to ten minutes. She looked like it was Friday night SmackDown and not Tuesday night or Monday night raw. So with that happening, here comes uh, our great friends of the internet uh, saying, oh, Nia needs to be suspended. She's unsafe. You got smart guys like Brian Alvarez saying she needs to go back down to developmental because this isn't the first time she's accidentally hurt somebody. Let's be clear. Wrestling, we know what wrestling is. Uh... But there are chances, because this is a physical type of theater, where people might not be in the right place at the right time and end up getting hurt. Who said, uh, we don't know the full details, or we weren't there in the ring with the ladies to know what really happened. But 
it's kind of similar to a few weeks ago how the world was bashing Brie Bella for uh, knocking out Liv Morgan. Liv Morgan obviously was in the wrong place at the right at the wrong time, similar to what I think Becky Lynch's situation was. So with all the outrage, here comes uh, Nia Jax today. She posted a picture on on Twitter of her hands swollen, cut up. Um, Becky responds with uh, a witty comeback like she always does because since Becky had this uh, WWE Women, SmackDown Women's Championship, she has been the queen of the Twitter machine. <laughs> like, her comebacks are spicy. I love every moment of it. I sit here on my phone anxiously waiting for another Becky Lynch tweet. But let's let's put things really into perspective here. Now, all of us wrestling fans know. If you don't know, let me let me give you my point of view to this whole situation. See, there's been similar situations in the world of professional wrestling where individuals have been called unsafe. Did they get the backlash as much as these women do? For example, let's go back when Seth Rollins broke John Cena's nose in a match. We saw the pictures after the fact, and we saw what happened during the match. People started to say he he was unsafe, but it wasn't as extreme as it is when it comes to our women wrestlers. Another example, let's take it back to uh, 2015, Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe gave a muscle buster to... Tyson Kidd, which damn near paral- damn near killed him. He had a successful surgery one of like five people can actually get or actually work for. Um, it, there was a great chance he could have ended up like uh, Superman, Christopher uh, Reeves, and been paralyzed from the neck down. Where was the, the heated conversation? Where was the backlash then? Uh, we can even go with New Japan style. Tanahashi got dropped in his damn neck. Did we did we curse out his opponent? Did we say his opponent needed to be suspended? Did he need to be fired? Or we just let that pass because it was part of a good match. But let's dig down even a, a little bit for, further. Just 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 open your mind up for a second. What if WWE themselves? saw this as an opportunity to take Becky out of this match because Becky is the hottest talent in the company at the moment. How about we figure something out to get her out of this match so we'll save, get this off of Survivor Series and figure out a way to make this the main event of WrestleMania this year in New York. You just had a a newly healed team of Nia Jax and Tamina Snuka come together as Monster Hills. Nia Jax is also the number one contender for the Raw Women's Championship. Raw Women's Champion, Ronda Rousey. So, how can we make this a situation where all parties involved win? Because let's be real, if this match would have went down on Sunday, if you didn't think Becky Lynch was tapping out to an armbar, you're wrong. And then all that momentum we had since SummerSlam will be gone. You'll have tons of people online saying WWE screwed up on this one, Ronda's this, Ronda that. 
and we'll be in the situation of Roman Reigns again. Do we want that? No, let's just go with the flow of what the story going. So let me proceed to say this. So the original plan, because WWE kind of books, I say 18 months out, they know what they're doing next. They they already have their idea of what they're doing for next year's WrestleMania. And this year, WrestleMania hasn't even started yet. That's how far ahead they're looking. Now, granted, things are penciled in. But they have their their outlook or their outline of what they're going to do for at least 18 months in advance. So, it was originally reported that at WrestleMania 35, most likely we would get Charlotte versus Ronda. And if you look at the landscape of the the WWE and look how the fans are reacting currently to Charlotte, they're not really feeling her. So would you have a chance or would you take the chance, I would say, to put Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey on your main stage while your fans kind of aren't feeling either one of them? Would that be a good idea? We've seen that for the past three years with the men. Do we want to go through that again? So WWE maybe went up to Nia, maybe Vince himself said, hey, I want you to hit her and I want you to try to make it as real as possible. Probably told Becky, let's make it real as possible. Becky took that punch like an OG. Nia gets the super heat that she needs to be this monster who's the number one contender to the face Ronda Rousey's title. And we have a storyline to go up until the Royal Rumble. Also, this puts Becky, most likely Becky will probably relinquish this title. And maybe they'll put a ladder match or something out there for TLC for the SmackDown Women's title. And we'll see who wins that. I would hope Asuka personally, but we'll see how that goes. I'm telling you, we're, we're, we're all getting work, guys. And I, and WWE has realized, and I, they realized this a while ago. We are making the product what it is today, believe it or not. But we're just, we're not patient enough to wait for the story that they're trying to tell us. If that makes any sense. If you have some ideas or you think, how would you book certain things, certain characters, certain talent? Like Andrade Cien Almas, who uh, a lot of people also feel that he's not being used as he should. Which, to a degree, I, I, um, to a degree, I agree with you guys. But you also have to put into play when, you, when you're a top guy, it's more than just being in the ring. You can have great matches all day long. But if you can't do anything for that company outside of the ring, you're not going to be a top guy. Uh, he's learning the English language on the fly. He's been in America full time for a little over three years now, similar to Asuka, uh, similar to Shinsuke, even though Shinsuke has a little bit more than the two other mentioned. It, it's a process. You have to be able to grab a casual fan. You might not be able to grab that casual fan with solely off of your wrestling talent. You might have to have something to say. You might have to do something to draw that fan in. The fan that WWE is looking for. The person that kind of watches. 
but we want to make you full-time fans because, you know, wrestling fans are some of the most loyal fans there are. So, let's see how this plays down the line. I do believe that the whole website's reporting that there is heat between Nia Jax probably are the same people are that reported that uh, Braun Strowman had that same heat. WWE knows what they're doing. So uh, let me take a quick look around the crib. I got to make sure this dog, he's looking at me like he needs to go outside or he's just sad that nobody's here to pay attention to him. (laughs) Even though he's right in my face, kind of has that face that, you know, those, uh, those shelter commercials with the Sarah McLaughlin in the background, you know, the arms of the angel. That's the, (laughs) why are you doing this to me? Why are you doing this to me? But anyway, let me do a quick rollout, and I'm going to um, come back, and we'll get into SummerSlam 1997. All right, before we jump into uh, SummerSlam 1997, I forgot to talk about the one of the, the big things that did happen on uh, SmackDown last night. Daniel Bryan is the WWE uh, heavyweight champion again. Shout out to Daniel Bryan for reaching the promised land once again. Uh, he did it in some uh, some heel ways, to say the least. He uh, gave my man AJ a low blow before hitting him with the flying knee. Uh, man, can we have a, a moment of silence, man? Because uh, AJ's boys have took some pain throughout the year of 2018. From Shinsuke catching him every other day to now Daniel Bryan. Then we're going to have a battle of the nutshot challenge over uh, with, <laughs> with Daniel Bryan and Shinsuke Nakamura. Ooh. I'm recording this while watching 205 Live. Uh, Leo Rush is going against Cedric Alexander right now in a fire match. This match is on. Yo, this match is on point. Y'all know Leo Rush is my guy. Cedric Alexander, another one of my guys. Um, Cedric Alexander was actually a part of. Uh, one of my favorite matches of all time. You know what I'm saying? It was, it was him, Matt Seidel, and, or Evan Bourne for my WWE cats, and ACH going against the Young Bucks and AJ Styles. I don't know where you can watch this match in full. I've been trying to find it so I could post it. But, yo, if you find that match, watch it. On fire. But let's go ahead and go into uh, SummerSlam 1997. So the two main storylines in this pay-per-view was Bret the Hitman Hart, Shawn Michaels, and The Undertaker. Bret was announced on July 7th that he was the number one contender for the World Wrestling Federation Championship. During this time, uh, The Undertaker was having a successful run um, ever since capturing the title at WrestleMania 13. And Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart were going back and forth. Uh, everyone knows Bret was working his way out of the company and would be out of the company uh, at the Survivor Series 1997. Uh, so the stipulation was uh, added that after begging Vince McMahon, Shawn Michaels would be the special guest referee for the event or for the match. 
stipulations included if Bret Hart would have lost this championship opportunity, he would not be able to wrestle in America anymore. Uh, then the stipulation was also added if Shawn Michaels tried to screw Bret Hart, that Shawn would not be able to wrestle. Uh, the second storyline was the Intercontinental Championship match between Owen Hart and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Now, they were going back and forth over the few weeks before this match where the stipulation was that Stone Cold Steve Austin would have lost his match against Owen Hart that he would have to kiss his ass. So let's go ahead and go into the first match of the evening, which was a steel cage match between Mankind and Hunter Hearst Helmsley with uh, China. This was my, f- I, yo, I was, I was surprised that you're going to just jump off the night with a steel cage match. Really feel mad that I wasn't, I wasn't on WWF as much as I should have been back in 1997. Like, yo, this match was a classic match. Well over 15 minutes of, of action. The reason the steel cage was there was, I don't know if you remember the King of the Ring where China helped out Triple H a lot for him to get the King of the Ring. So they figured if there's a steel cage there, she obviously can't get it included into the mayhem inside, which was wrong. Uh, China had a spot where she slammed the cage onto mankind's face. Uh, she climbed up the cage to pass Triple H's uh, chair. Uh, she ended up taking a bump off of the cage. Uh, but overall, man, yeah, that jump was was definitely a, a great match. Moving on next, they had uh, Gold Dust uh, uh, with Marlena versus Brian Pillman, where the stipulation on this match was... If Brian Pillman loses, he would have to wear a dress the next night on Monday Night Raw. This was set up a storyline. Uh, Goldust did get the victory. But this was set up a uh, storyline where Brian Pillman eventually would get the services of Marlena uh, before his untimely passing uh, three months later. Next was Legion of Doom, Hawk and Animal, versus the Godwins. In a hard-hitting, no-selling-by-the-road-warriors type of match. You know, one of their average matches. Wasn't too exciting. It was there. It was more of a a bathroom break because even though they did play the little hype video before it, I just really just didn't see the purpose of the match. But you do have to have those type of matches to keep the pay-per-view going. Uh, next was a match for the European Championship where champion Davy Boy Smith, the British Bulldog, went against Ken Shamrock. Uh, British Bulldog ended up retaining due to disqualification by Ken Shamrock. Ken Shamrock went crazy, started suplexing. Re- well, ch- first off, he choked out the British Bulldog and then proceeded to start suplexing every referee or every official that came in within two feet of him. Ken Shamrock was booked very strong when he first came in. I was a I was a Ken Shamrock fan. I wasn't too familiar with the whole UFC thing, but I figured if he was doing that, definitely he's uh 
He he he's a real legit ass kicker. So um, definitely was a good match. Now with these first four matches, three out of four great matches is not bad for a pay per view. We could not say the same about that in WCW. And I man, I wish I don't. Don't you hate when you miss something, and and now you and you relive it and like man, the stuff I could have been. Who knows what direction life would have been if I'd been watching WWF instead of WCW. Man. But anyway, let's move back up. Now, next was a eight-man tag uh, between Los Bariquas, uh, headed by their captain, Savio Vega, versus the Disciples of Apocalypse, uh, with Crush as their leader. Now, two pay-per-views prior, we had Crush and Savio Vega part of the Nation of Domination. But due to their fighting back and forth, they were the reason why Farouk did not achieve that successful historic moment of becoming the first black WWF champion and Undertaker retained. So they were kicked out of the nation and they decided to make their own groups. Um, Savio Vega had Jesus Castillos, Jose Estrada Jr. and Miguel Perez, while uh, Crush had Eight Ball and Skull, uh, better known now as the Harris Brothers from TNA, from WCW. Uh, I actually believe they're trying to start their own promotion now. I believe it's called Aero Lucha. Check that out. I remember when um, maybe a couple months down the line when they were trying to get their, their feet on the ground. Um, they were like becoming in, they were open enrollment pretty much to become an investor of that company. Uh, ran by them and I believe Rey Mysterio and Conan actually had parts in it too. Uh, so I don't know how that goes if anybody knows hit me up on Twitter and Instagram or Instagram V dot underscore D underscore DJ but um, also Chains was uh, in ECW as primetime Brian Lee and people would say that uh, he's the one that got the choke slam over in America because he was choke slamming people left and right in ECW I believe he choke slam someone off of a scaffold on two hella tables in a match uh, on pretty much ECW television at that time. But the uh, match was good. It was interrupted by the nation now flanked with D'Lo Brown, Mark Henry, and Ahmed Johnson, the uh, newly healed Ahmed Johnson. Uh, they interfered in the match. Uh, one of the, the disciples of Apocalypse, the DOA, actually caught a Pearl River plunge outside of the ring and helped uh, Los Bariquas get the victory. Excuse me. And next we come up to uh, the co-main event, Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Owen Hart. Uh, definitely was a great match, great back and forth. And then we get to the all-famous moment that uh, I believe might have second moment that changed Stone Cold's career. Uh, during an exchange, a reversal came into play where Owen Hart uh, gave Stone Cold a version of the Tombstone Pile Driver, a move that is now banned in the WWE. Uh, reason why is because Stone Cold was a little too low and he took the whole impact of that move to his head, which caused his neck 
to jerk, kind of like a uh, shock on your car when you go over a speed bump. Uh, Stone Cold was temporarily paralyzed, so Owen Hart tried to play it off, uh, show he was the man, and Stone Cold wins with the roll-up. Gets helped back backstage, and we come to find out um, what had actually happened to him then, and that started the era of Stone Cold. Uh, main event, Bret the Hitman Hart challenging The Undertaker for the WWF Championship with uh, Shawn Michaels as the guest referee. Commentary uh, made it a point to say how great Shawn Michaels was calling the match straight down the middle, which he was. He had a consistent count. Uh, looked like he's been doing it his whole life. He was the excellent ref, actually, for this match. Uh, Bret hit... Brett did his thing. Uh, the Hart Foundation tried to come and assist Bret Hart. Shawn Michaels th- uh, throws them away, gets them out of the, uh, the arena, tell them to go home. Uh, spot ends up the <clears throat> ending of the match is Brett's with a chair, or Shawn Michaels is with a chair, and Brett is threatening him to hit, hit him, hit him, hit him. Uh, Shawn Michaels turns to go hit him. Brett ducks. Undertaker gets whacked with the steel chair. Bret Hart wins the match. One, two, three. He is the five-time WWF World Heavyweight Champion. Like I said, this pay-per-view, amazing, excellent. I enjoyed it. I'm going to watch it again. (laughs) Just for anything that I missed. I like how the aftermath of uh, with the whole Stone Cold paralyzing or being paralyzed by Owen Hart, it pretty much skyrocketed his career. Um, this is when we started to see Vince McMahon get from behind the commentator's booth and become more of a character. Uh, we could say this might have... They say it's different. Who knows when the Attitude Era officially started, but... Rough, I say ranging King of the Ring 1997 and on I would give that the official start of the uh, <clears throat> of the Attitude Era in my opinion but uh, let me know what you think you can uh, hit me up on Twitter or Instagram at v dot underscore the underscore DJ that's V D O T underscore the underscore DJ Twitter and Instagram or snap me how you if you watch this match, tell me what you thought of it on Snapchat at DJV.757. Or if you're a, a email type cat, you can hit me up at uh, Vincent Creekmore at Yahoo.com. That's V-I-N-C-E-N-T-C-R-E-E-K-M-O-R-E at Yahoo.com. Let me hear your reviews about this one. So, uh, we got Survivor Series weekend upon us. NXT TakeOver will be that Saturday night before. The main event will be the War Games match between the Undisputed Era versus Ricochet, Pete Dunne, and the War Raiders. If it's going to be anything like last year's match, I know we're in for a treat. We got a Velveteen Dream on that card versus uh, Tommaso Ciampa for the NXT Championship. My heart wants Velveteen to win, but 
my brain thinks Tommaso will retain that. Gargano versus Aleister Black. I think Gargano's going to get rid of Aleister Black and Aleister might make his way to the main roster here soon. What else is on the match? Saner Baszler versus Kari Sane. Uh, I think uh, I think Kyrie uh, gets the title back. I think Kyrie might find a way to uh, to win this. And now in the Survivor Series on Sunday, has potential to be a a pretty good pay per view. With Becky Lynch being uh, injured now, we get Charlotte Flair versus Beck uh, versus Ronda Rousey. Uh, I still predict Ronda will win this match. Between Brock Lesnar and Daniel Bryan, though, I don't know. I think Brock was supposed to take this slug anyway. No matter, it didn't matter who the champion was. It just had to be a, a big enough name. My early prediction for that, I think, with a little assistance from Shane McMahon, Daniel Bryan's going to get the victory over Brock Lesnar. Which will have now Hill Shane and Hill Daniel, and maybe a face Miz. Uh, think the women from Raw will get the victory over the women from SmackDown. I think the SmackDown tag teams will get the the win over the Raw tag teams. Just uh, SmackDown tag team division is just they're just stronger in my opinion. Uh, the Raw men will find a way to overcome the SmackDown. No, no. I think the SmackDown men are going to win that traditional match. Uh, between AOP and The Bar, I uh, got AOP. The Bar can take L's. It won't hurt them. I think an L would definitely take would hurt the AOP. But I think, is that is that it for the car? I think... I think that's all that's been... Oh, the Cruiserweight. I think Buddy Murphy's going to win. Um, he's just getting his legs under himself. Even though Mustafa Ali would be a an excellent uh, Cruiserweight champion, they've really been building him to be the kid's choice. So we'll we'll see. I'm, overall, I, I am excited for the weekend. I'm ready to see uh, some good wrestling. But we're going to go ahead and make our way out of here. As always, subscribe to the podcast. Search VDOT and Friends on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, RadioCast, PocketCast. Find me on Twitter and Instagram. If you didn't hear it before, it's VDOT underscore the underscore DJ. Interact with me. I respond to everything. Either I like it, I retweet it. Uh, I respond. I respond on every form of way that you can find me. You hit me up, I will talk back to you. I don't care. Right now, I'm sitting at a good 550 on Twitter. Um, I could be at 550 or I could be at 5 million. I will find a time throughout the day to converse and, and, and talk to you. Uh, I appreciate your support each and every week. I know last week was a dud. I know I'm sounding like uh, Eminem explaining why his albums are trash. <laughs> Shout out to uh, Mikazi. 
Uh, follow him on Twitter at I am Mikazi. Um, if you don't know who he is, uh, just look at pretty much all the ring gear you've seen in the WWE for the past couple of years. How how it pops out, how how fire it is. That's because of him. Um, he's also Sasha Banks' husband. But um, I believe Mike Bennett had put up a uh, a tweet saying MGK's this uh, track was better, which I agree. Uh, <laughs> if if Mikazi responded, he said, well, he responded to Mike Bennett and said, oh, you're pretty much crazy. So I said, nope, I got to agree with Mike Bennett because I think MGK's song was better than Eminem's. I mean, I don't know if I'm, I'm Joe, Joe Budden-esque, or, but I just haven't been feeling Eminem for like 10 years. I mean, it's just... It was a, he didn't really have a track for me to be like, oh, this is my all time. Like, I could do an Eminem mix and stop at 2003. You could throw a couple, maybe Monster, maybe Rap Guy, but Rap Guy really was just a lot of humming humminas. MGK was just, MGK was just, was just better. And the things that Eminem were talking about in his, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was below Eminem. We expect more from a lyrical genius, a lyrical legend. You know what I mean? And we didn't get that on that uh, rap double, in my opinion. I've heard Eminem diss people. I, I, I expected more. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, we're going to roll out of here this week. Thanks for listening. Um, hit me up on Twitter. I'm trying to think of another pay-per-view to review. I can always hit the WWE generator, but... Or a pay-per-view generator, but let me know what you think. I want to watch some of the things you watch. But I'll catch up with y'all next week. Take it easy. Avoid the bookings.